Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. On Wednesday, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. For the next two hours, talking sports with you, and thanks for uh, lending us an ear here uh, during that period of time. BMW Des Moines guest lift shapes up like this. We will speak with David Eicholt. We'll wrap up the uh, press conferences uh, from yesterday with David Eicholt, 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. He's up at 1130. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs will follow him in here. Papa John's in Central Iowa sponsors our friend Mitch Holtis on the Kansas City Chiefs at about 10 minutes before noon. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com, where he's one of their base Baseball writers, uh, he will join us to give us a his opinion as to where we're at with both series tied up at two apiece, or, or two zip rather, uh, with uh, the American League resuming tonight. So Matt Snyder at twelve oh five before Cappy joins us to close it out at about twelve uh, thirty with Cap Trent's plays of the day before we leave at oh five minutes or so before one o'clock. So it wasn't much of a game last night in baseball. Is no. the Phillies look like? I mean, Wheeler and Nola and that lineup, and boy, oh boy, they look like a team that's built for October. They're going to be a very difficult out, are they not? Yeah, Yes, they are. A team, as you said, built for October. We saw it a year ago. We talked about it as they finally turned it around. What was it, about two months that it took them kind of yeah, it did. right the ship yep. and get their feet underneath them? I had a ticket of them not to make the playoffs at a good price. and You did? Yeah, I was feeling really good a couple yeah. months into that one, but it's a long season. Yeah. They figured it out and just get in, right? And we continue to see that in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Teams built differently. And Merrill Kelly did not have it last night. He was no, but he was out. in the middle of the game, though. He had, what, he struck out the side in the fifth? Yep. And had like seven straight, but you're right. It was the solo home runs that killed him last mm-hmm. night. Schwarber with a couple, and and it wasn't like they were hitting tough pitch. They were left over the plate. Yes, they true. were. Uh, Turner hit the first one, and the Phillies are not missing. No, you make a mistake. No. This team is locked in, yep. and they're going to crush it. And Schwarber, I mean, his second home run of the night, just <laughs> absolutely tattooed. Boy, oh boy, Cubs fans, what might have been right if if they could go back and sign one of them. Just one of them, Contreras or Javi or Rizzo uh, or Schwarber. I think at the time, at the time when it was starting to come apart, I think if you could have pulled Cubs fans, all right, you guys vote, we'll keep whichever one wins the vote. I think Rizzo probably wins it at the time. Yeah, I think so. He was just, he was a beloved figure, and we uh-huh. know. And I, you know who I think would be second on that list? Mm, Bryant? Javi. See what he turned into. No, that's true, but what's Chris Bryant turned into? Well, that's a great point. (laughs) He's IL waiting to happen. Yes. But by is just because some of the plays, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how fast he applies the tags. I'll never forget what I was in Detroit, was it not? When he came back to home plate and. he stole, essentially, stole first base. Yeah, right, right. right. Uh, and I think that was in Detroit, if memory serves, anyways. Uh, but now, if you were to ask him again, if you go back in time, you want Contreras back, you want Brian back, you want Rizzo back, you want Bias back, I think the answer is Schwarber. Well, and remember, Rizzo was beloved, too. Oh, he left him. Yes. Without a doubt. I mean, a great story. Mm-hmm. Young guy, what, had cancer growing up? Is that what it was? 
just was an easy guy to yep. root for, had the good smile, right? Yeah. And he was just... Loved being a cub. A lot of ladies fawning over, oh, nice, sweet Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, there was plenty yeah. of that, too. And, yeah, but when you look at the totality of what they are, Schwarber. Now, the thing that we didn't know at the time is he was so unplayable in the outfield. You couldn't play him, Trent. <laughs> but you had to. Right. <laughs> because there wasn't a DH back then. Yeah, yeah. Again, knowing what we know in hindsight, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Knowing that you can DH this guy... And that's what's going to be happening in the National League. I'm sure if they would have known that that was coming. But didn't they have to? I mean, we talked about it like it was a foregone conclusion that the National League was going to get the DH. I, I, there was still plenty of pushback. Yeah. I, I mean, I, do you miss not, it? Miss, kind of. I do a little bit too. Just, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, but then when I watch Schwarber do what Schwarber right. or, or, yeah. or does what he does. Because uh, he's, he's either going to hit it over the wall mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's going to be a ground out to second or a whiff. But man, oh man, when he hits him and that second one, woo, got every bit of it. Watching so, him and a guy like Alvarez for the Astros and like, yeah, more of these guys is okay. You know what? Isn't he something this year, Don Alvarez? Incredible. Holy mackerel. I got a bet on him coming up later in the program Do you? today. I'm going to have a bet on him next March to win the home run title. Oh, yeah. Because, boy, oh, boy, if he can ever stay healthy for an entire year, Jesus, he hits him a mile. Yes. And he was sick as a dog two nights ago. Right. I mean, he was throwing up puking. Uh, wasn't even going to play. Comes in, plays, does his best. His best was two home runs, but that wasn't enough so we for said, the Astros. As far as what is for the, the World, World Series? Series, the Astros are so good on the road. That's my only hesitation, and I hope so. Right. I hope we get the uh, Rangers and the Phillies. Talk about a no sweat, thirty-five to one, twenty-two to one. I don't care mm-hmm. whichever one gets there. Um, selfishly, personally, and I think it would be a pretty good series because Bochy's a hell of a manager, and his team is playing exceptionally well right now. I think of the two, the Phillies are more likely to. Um, you could use the word home free or the words home free when it comes to the Philly. Mm-hmm. Let's watch the Astros tonight. Here's, here's my question to you. What do you expect from Max Scherzer? Scherzer is a bulldog. He is. You know my affinity for Scherzer. I have always been a big fan. His command of the mound, mm-hmm. the way that he controls games, he is in control. And though the pitch clock has changed that, I still just like watching the guy operate. Yep. I think he's going to be good. I think he is going to have a solid performance. Now, how long is it going to go? See, that's the thing. I don't think he's got a very long leash. I think if right. he gets five, you would sign for him getting five innings oh, no right doubt. now. Right? Yeah. Well, so, so here's one. Uh-huh. Let's go to your outs. Yes. Uh, got a bet on this already. It is 12 and a half. 12 and a half. 12 and a half. So can he get four and a third? That's what you're looking for for the over four or less. That would be on the underside. I things. think I would. Did you take the over? I did. I might go the other way. Oh. No. Shouldn't even the... bet with somebody. We could have just done it between yeah, ourselves. Right, right. Didn't have to pay the juice. Um, what, what, is, what is the juice? What's, what's the price on it? Price uh, the over I got at minus 145. Um, there are even bigger price, minus 160s out there and things like that. So, yeah, it's a pretty hefty uh, juice that you're going to so be So they like Scherzer tonight. Yeah. yeah. And when it came out, it was plus 105 last night. Wish I would have jumped aboard really? a little bit earlier. Yeah, so a lot of action on the uh-huh. other. This is public. Maybe I should be on your side. You know I love fading Well, when everybody's going one way, uh-huh. what do you do, right? Um, mm, that's an interesting one. It is. I think, like I say, I, at first, first thing that popped into my mind was 
take the under. We'll see. This is a different Houston team when they're on the road. I mean, they won. Uh, they were fifty-one and thirty away from Houston, away from Minute Maid. Wow. Fifty-one and thirty. Thirty-nine and forty-two at home. Well, they took two in Minnesota. And they two took more two in Minnesota. There. Right. Good point. They did in a tough environment. And he, yeah, because the place was going bananas. Mm-hmm. Place was boy, it was fun. Target Field, at least on TV, you were there for yes, one of them. Yes, absolutely. It was um, a great environment. Mm-hmm. It was not just the nice soft Midwest. Oh yeah, nice applause. So <laughs> there were fired up people in there. It was a good environment. So uh, regular season to playoff baseball at Target's a little different. Is that just a, just a tad. And that was your first experience of playoff baseball, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Grandpa Graham had tickets. ALCS nineteen eighty seven. Took no. my cousins. Didn't take me. I mean, here we are, I'm almost 30 years later. I mean, that hasn't lingered with me, has it? No, you, you, no. you let it go. Speaking of 1987, I got something for you. Okay. So you saw we had a winner in the building for the $1,000 oh, NIL. I see that. Yeah, we good. had a winner, and AD passed this along. So it's a guy, he was listening during Murph and Andy yesterday, and the $1,000 winner uh, lives in Reno, but was listening on the iHeartRadio Reno, Radio Nevada. App. Yes. Listening on the app, though. And... He's from Osage. Not only that, he passed this little note alone. I've told you my story the first time I ever made a bet. With was, Grandpa? No. With your uncle? So, who, somebody made you pay it. That's where oh, you Oh, absolutely, learned. yeah. Right. So 1987, winner of 1987 into 88, IYWA State Basketball. My dad's buddy, Tom Kleckner, yeah. was a Cyclone fan. One of the few that I knew. Right. Pretty much everybody was Hawkeyes up there, okay. except for Tom. Well, I was not going to lose. They just come off a loss against Arizona. They're not losing two in a row with B.J. Armstrong and Roy Marble and Ed Horton. This isn't happening. They're going to club Iowa State and Hilton. That was the LaFester Rhodes game. Mm. Yes, it was the LaFester Rhodes game as he goes off for 52. And my $5 bet as a 7-year-old, well, I didn't have it. I was hanging out with my dad and my dad's buddy, Tom Kleckner. And dad said, I will loan this to you, but you need to pay me back. You need to go to the piggy bank. And there's also something called a little interest that goes on there. If you don't have the money up front, you got to pay a little bit more. So he taught me very quickly. Tom and my dad were also the ones that took me down to Waterloo to the dog track. Told that story before. So, oh, full circle Trent, i got to stop you. Yes. That's really good parenting. It is great parenting, isn't it? That's really good parenting. Go down to the dog track. Teach you you about the juice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good parenting. Dad liked to gamble. Yeah. God bless (laughs) him. Dad do. Yeah. Full circle, our winner from yesterday here on KXNO. His cousin is Tom Kleckner, who I made the first. I mean, talk about a full circle moment. This guy's from Osage, grew up there. Tom Kleckner's his cousin, and just saw him that today, put a smile on my face. And yes, my first ever bet as a seven year old. Learn very quickly, have that money ready to go. If you're going to make a bet, Pay the man. Did you like the dogs when you were seven years old? I mean, I loved it. Did you? I thought it was so cool. Did you? Yeah. Seeing the little rabbit run out there, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it was. It was something to put a smile on my face, no doubt about it. I, you know, and when I was in Cedar Falls, I was always driving out there on the highway, and you see it, it was, you know, dilapidated and yeah. everything, just weeds growing up mm-hmm. all around it. And yeah, it was always just kind of that sad sight. And I think it's all torn down now. I think they maybe developed something out there. I'm not sure if there is or not. Well, maybe I'll take a peek next time. Well, I'll be up there in a few weeks for the semifinals and then the championship game for yeah. football right around the corner as. The regular season comes to a close this week. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So uh, where are you going to be on Friday night? Have you determined that yet? Yes. Ankeny Centennial is the number 14 seed right now. They are the number 14 team in the RPI standings. Urbandale is number 18. It's basically a playoff game. 
Ooh. Yeah, that's what we're going to get. So thanks to... In Ankeny? In Urbandale. In Urbandale. No, it's always tight up there. Uh, they do have the press box. little room in the second row. So Josh Fry, the new athletic director, thanks to him for giving us a spot. So Lucas will be going home to Lucas Strain. Urbandale grad. Is he? We'll get to see the field that he once called home. So if Centennial loses... They're likely out. Huh. Yeah. So what does that mean... As we speculate a little bit, mm-hmm. um, they've got a head coach that's getting up there in age. You're right. right. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Jerry Pizzetti, and I hope he coaches as long as he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't be sooner. I mean, one year, right? He's got to be in his 80s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Might this be it? I, I, I try, just, We've had this conversation for decades. We have, yeah. You're just kind of... After they won a state championship. Well, right. this is going to be... a perfect spot. Right. And it just on and on and on. And just because of that, I don't know. They're such a good family. He I, still I, loves it. Yes, he does. Keeps. I think it keeps him alive. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. I I, it's kind of like you just... What am I supposed to do? You just wait for the guy in the... Uh, the Black Hood to show up, right? right. With, with, uh, and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, so that's interesting. 14 versus 18. So if Urbandale wins, then you've got them moving on? They would be 5-4 and four then. That would give them a pretty solid victory also against Centennial. Mm-hmm. Urban, uh, Urbandale is 19, excuse me. Valley is 18. So the you Tigers are on the outside looking in also I at heard this point. An, I heard a Valley story earlier in the week. Oh, not, not a bad one by any means. Not okay. A, speaking of coaches... I mean, how much longer does Gary Swenson want to do this? Because there was a, as, as you well know, there was a time that Valley just got everybody. Right, yes. But Waukee's growing. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and, and it's no longer death taxes and Valley's going to be, you know, one of the, one of the teams to beat uh, in high school football. Valley will, they play Marshalltown this week. They'll get a win. They'll get them to four and five on the year. It's going to be interesting to see how the math plays out. Does four and five get them in? Well, because of what they've done. They played the most difficult schedule. No surprise in class 5A. It's not particularly close either. 45 and 27 is their opponent's records on the year. Jesus. I believe that would push them forward. But right now, Davenport West is the team that's in the number 16 spot, but their opponent's record, they're five and three. They get a win, maybe six and three. Is thirty and forty-two. I like the RPI system. It's a step forward. We're not quite there. We're not perfect. But a six and three team gets left out at the expense of a four and five team. But one team played. No, I get it. Strength of schedule. Five yep. of the top eight yep. teams in the yep. state. The other one played maybe one of the top ten teams in the state. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the back and forth that you get into here. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think needs to be added. Remember the old thirteen-point rule. Basically, if you beat a team by 13 or more, you get credit get, get for that. so many points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and a point differential. Yeah. And they still do that for the, some of the smaller classes. There needs to be an extra component to RPI. Because all RPI measures, and this is the reason that college basketball went away from it, is just your th- strength of schedule. That's all it is. There isn't a metric. You can win a game by 70 or win a game by one, and it's the same credit. I think there needs to be at least one more step here. Hmm. Because Valley, yeah, they have what will be a 4-5 and five record after Friday night. But they didn't get blown out in those five games. They gave Southeast Polk a heck of a game. That was a 24-18 game. They're right there with Dowling. They've had opportunities. Northwest, they've been very, very close. And I think there needs Did to be an extra Did they play Centennial? Mm, I'd have to look at their schedule and remember exactly who it was. But how that kind of sets up for them, because there's a part of it that you're left kind of, what's the fairest way to get these teams in? And just having each win be equal, I don't think tells the whole story, right? 
just no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. When you have teams that are playing such different schedules, we know the power obviously here in Central Iowa, mm-hmm. especially at the five A level, it's just completely different. So here, here is a Valley schedule that they played so far this year. As it pops up for me, Tigers at three and five, they have played. Here it is. Southeast Spoke Week One. They lose twenty four eighteen. Lose to Dowling fourteen zero. Lose to Johnson twenty one nine. Lose to Waukee, turned into a blowout thirty seven fifteen. Beat Ames, lost by a field goal to Northwest. Shut out Waterloo West. Beat Ankeny by a point on Friday night to give them hope. And then Marshalltown coming up. That's a little bit different than what you have with a team like Davenport so West. So their their wins are Ames, who's won how many games? Three. I want to say something like that. Have they beaten a team with a winning record? Yes. Ankeny. Ankeny. Yeah. Oh, sure. The yeah. Hawks, yeah, by a point last week. Davenport West, by the way, they play Cedar Falls this week. That'll be another big one as it pertains to the RPI. Cedar Falls is comfortably in at number 9, mm-hmm. but with a win, they very likely could at least host in the first Who round. Be, who's the best team in the East? I've heard conflicting things. Both Bettendorf and PV are both 7-1. and one. You can make an argument there. The best record-wise, or at least RPI-wise, is Cedar Rapids-Kennedy, but Cedar Rapids schools kind of all down a little bit. Usually we have one of them that's really good. They're all okay. I haven't, well, I've heard both uh, Valley families, Urbandale families, and Centennial families have told me, yeah, we want to be ship deeps. Is that right? We, we want to nice. be in the pod with yeah. Bettendorf or Pleasant Valley. Uh, we do not want to be in a pod with Southeast Poker Dallas. So if you had to sit here today, would you, and do you anticipate in the final we get Dowling Southeast Polk? Yeah, I would be shocked if we don't get that. Wouldn't that wouldn't, Absolutely shocked if we don't that get that. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if we can... Uh, get those two schools because um, Trent said uh, you know throughout the, throughout the season he feels that these are the two best schools and we shall see if uh, that thing uh, how it plays out. All right, we're going to talk to David Eicholt coming up here in about ten minutes. Look forward to catching up with uh, David Eicholt. Of course, Mitch Holtis will be here, voice of the Chiefs. Uh, he will join us, uh, Chiefs Chargers this weekend. He's coming up at about 10 minutes before noon. Let's get Doug in here. Doug, you've been very patient. Thanks for holding on, Doug. How are you? Hello, Doug. Found it. Yeah, yep. Um, I was just going to tell you guys that I saw Schwarber when he was down at the Iowa Cubs last time with the stent that he had down there, and he hit like three home runs. He had a moonshot. and it was pretty cool seeing him play. Like I said, I wish the Cubs would have kept him. So, of all of the ones that were there during the two thousand during the championship run, is that the is that the player you would have liked to have seen still wearing a Cubs uniform more so than Rizzo? Yeah, 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 yeah probably him, and probably uh, and then if I could choose a second one, probably Contreras. But interesting. All right, Doug. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for yeah. uh, thanks for listening in. Um, yeah, it's fun to watch. Yes, he is. She's so much fun to watch. Contreras, uh, I th- obviously he didn't have a very good year mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Um, Chris Bryant never plays. Right. I mean, he's out of sight. I mean, you almost forget he's in baseball still, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. really do. Until he play Colorado. Oh, yeah, he's still there. Yeah. I mean, who watches the Colorado Rockies? Mm. Who goes out of their way to watch them? People that are high in Denver? Maybe, or you got to bet on a game or something. Maybe that's why you watch them, but... Uh, Look, I, when they when they first were born, I probably went to 40, eh, 30 to forty games. Yeah, their first year in, in Mile High. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, in Mile High, exactly. Were you a Mile High? 
Yeah. No. Well, after. <laughs> Even yeah, back then, huh? Yeah, I tried. Yeah. I tried. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it wasn't legal back then, Trent. Oh, that's right. So, and I, you know, never, right? Never, never, ever, ever, ever. Um, what said yesterday that I I like the Chargers this week over the Chiefs. There's just something about this Chiefs team, and I know when I say it, mm-hmm. for a lot of Bronco people, goes thing. in one ear and out the other. There he goes again. Yep. He's just jealous. Right? <laughs> He's just saying, I love Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the league. Full stop. There's something not right with this team. Wide receivers aren't very good. They're terrible. They have not run the ball as effectively as it feels like they should. We talked mm-hmm. about that a little bit maybe last week. It just mm-hmm. you're right, there's something up. Now the defense has improved immensely. And That's they're going their to get calling better. card, not Patrick yeah. Mahomes. They're gonna get better. Uh-huh. With health. Yes. This defense, mm-hmm. they're built differently. Yep. And Amanda, maybe Amanda just, who is back this week or next? Good question. Not positive on that. Okay. They're built differently though. And do we have to Look at them differently because of that, because they can now rely on their defense. They don't have a great receiver crew, and because of that, they're they can win twenty eight to right. twenty one game. Yeah. They're just they're not going to chuck it around fifty five times and and put up forty five points. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way to win football games, and we have to just evaluate them differently. They're still really good, and they still very well could win a Super Bowl. It's just different. Doesn't mean that they're not as good. They're just different than the, what they were in the past because of that offense. Is Kelsey? Kelsey is mm, old. He's thirty-four. It goes quickly. Uh huh. And we saw those miles when they started to certainly catch up to Gronk. And this is and the, Antonio Gates. I oh mean, it was yes. instantly for him, seemingly. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, another good when one. When it falls yes. off, it falls off. Quickly, uh-huh. Shannon Sharp, you remember that? And all of a sudden, he goes from you can't guard him mm-hmm. to you don't have to guard him. <laughs> yeah. it, it happens very fast. And well, we saw the injury to Eric All. Those big athletic tight ends. What you have to do to them to get them down? They're looking, and you brought this up right before the show yeah. today. The NFLPA is yep. talking about a rule to eliminate something that they call hip drop tackles. So. And and I looked at I, I found video of Eric All getting hurt against Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to tell because it's not the it's um, not the greatest angles, but it seems like the kid that got him came in, lowered himself on All's hip, and then went down yeah. from there. And when you go at him at the side like that, apparently you can't get your leg to move mm-hmm. with you. And therein lies the problem, and there, there goes the ligament a lot of times. Knee injury, ankle injury, right. all kinds of things there. And the, and the NFL is this week looking to, they likened it to the when they finally got uh, rid of the horse collar tackle mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They think what they call, they're calling it hip drop. I mean, I'd never heard the term, I'll be honest. Uh, hip drop tackles um, is going to be removed from the game. But when I, saw, when I was writing the piece, I was thinking to myself, you know what? Is that what happened to all? And I think it is. Very close, yeah. Very similar, at the very least. And, you know, with that, all right, you can't go high. We know that. You no. can't go helmet to helmet. You can't go high. So how do you, where do you tackle? Right. We're going to see a whole lot even more missed tackles uh-huh. if you take this part out of it. That's, I'm fine with it. I, yeah, but it's not your knee. More offense. Yeah. But no, it's, no it's not, I'm, I'm fine with oh, taking it out. missed tackles, yeah. Because... Yeah. You only got a one spot you can get them. Hit them mm-hmm. at the waist. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. You know, I'm torn because on one hand, I agree with you. 
On the other hand, it's contact sport, and I'm getting paid millions. Yeah. Right, right. When I sign my name on the dotted line, I know that there's probably a pretty good chance that one of these years uh, in my career, I'm going to, you know, I'm not. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, have some kind of medical procedure, so we'll see. Anyways, it's eleven twenty-five. How about some NIL money? Yeah, let's uh, have it like the guy from Osage get another winner here today. Let's do it during Miller and Condon. That would be a first. You can head to KXNO.com right now. The keyword is grand. Grand. Type it into the pop-up box. Your chance to win $1,000 grand at KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up in about one hour from now. Coming up next, David Eicholt on the Hawks. We will have Mitch Holtis, our two, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Real quick, one question on baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with me that the one, if there is a series that... One of these two series is going to go seven games. Which one is it? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. It's the American It's League. the battle with yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But Matt Snyder will join us, and then David Kaplan. Uh, Miller and Condon, it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Des Moines. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX. You know, if you missed it, the keyword is grand, grand. Your chance to win $1,000. David Eichel, in fact, he just wrapped up with uh, Kevin Bell, D-line coach of the Hawks. Uh, of course, media days were our media day. Media opportunities yesterday with players and Kirk Ferentz. Uh, and David joins us, Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. David, as always, thank you for uh, finding time for Trent and I. Good to speak with you. I guess uh, right off the bat, just uh, since you heard uh, from uh, Coach Bell, any Update on uh, why Black, who I was shocked that he's on uh, on the depth chart. I think it's great news. Obviously, he's playing very good football. But boy, when it happened, it looked as though he was in a lot of pain, and that looked like a shoulder to me. Any update, David? Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I mean, I was just as surprised as you, and I'm sure many other people, when I saw his name on the depth chart. Of course, if people remember correctly, he had a sling on his arm, and it looked like he was going to be out until – I would say at least after the bye week. But remember, Minnesota is his home state school. He's the only Minnesota native on this Iowa roster, and he's really emerged, I think, over the past couple of weeks. Kelvin Bell did say that YA did not practice today, but Kelvin refused to rule him out of Saturday. He mentioned Mm. that he didn't see Joe Evans practice until Saturday morning when he was warming up to play last weekend. Uh, so, you know, and why is a tough kid? I mean, he's physically one of the most imposing defenders Iowa has. And, you know, initially when the injury happened, I know Iowa was not optimistic, but why is that I can take the pain? I want to play. And, uh, you know, if it's why decision at this point, 
I believe he is going to play. But uh, definitely going to be interesting, a storyline I do think will go right up until game time. Even with Y.A. Black, if he plays, you wouldn't anticipate it's going to be a full go. He's not going to play 60, 70 snaps, anything like that. So you go a little bit deeper inside. After Logan Lee, we've seen Aaron Gray's and his emergence mm-hmm. also over the last couple of games. What's left after that? Who else are we looking at at defensive tackle? Yeah, Kelvin Bell said Jeremiah Pittman would take a lot of those snaps. He also mentioned that Ontario Thompson is close, but he's just not ready at this point. Ontario Thompson's been really good on special teams when he's been in some of those special team snaps, had that punt block a few weeks ago. And I do think he'll be a really good player down the line, but it sounds like it'll be Logan Lee, Aaron Graves, and Jeremiah Pittman would kind of be the three-man rotation at D-tackle. I would also throw in Deontay Craig, could potentially slide in as well. He played some defensive tackle last year as well. Kelvin did not mention him, but I do think that would be something at least worth paying attention to because I do think Iowa feels a little bit better about the depth at defensive end rather than defensive tackle. And, of course, you know, if Noah Shannon would be ruled eligible, Mm. he'd be on the field as well Saturday. But uh, I think we're going to have to wait till past the bye week to see that one. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like the committee is even going to be talking until next week. So I... I think the likelihood There's of that such is thing is Zoom. I think it's ridiculous right. that they can't make time. Yeah, you got to go the four really. seasons. You got to make it happen, David. You got to use that vacation. Get on the plane. And, and, oh, and, absolutely. Yeah, Five star hotel and the, spend that per diem. You know the NCAA bureaucracy, and that's the way it's done. Hey, you mentioned Jeremiah. Well, I, don't have, I don't know how they have any money left. They spend <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars against you know a lawsuit that yep. they were never going to win. Yeah, yep. Good money so. if you can get it. Hey, Jeremiah Pittman. <laughs> it felt like he was emerging last year. We really haven't seen him this year. You know. Is he in the doghouse? Was it because it felt like that was a guy that was going to help out also this year, and we just barely have seen him? Yeah, you know, I don't want to say he's in the doghouse. I think, you know, from what I've heard, he's been pretty good at practice. He's done some good things. He hasn't done anything wrong, in my opinion, and based on people I've talked to. I just think that the guys that are over him are just that much better at this point. I just think that, you know, they do trust Pittman. He'd be the last guy they would trust in the middle outside Deontay Craig and some of the other guys that are close. But you also look at the guys in the middle, right? Like Logan Lee's been fantastic this season. I don't think he's getting enough credit for what he's done. I think Aaron Graves, you know, his his statistics aren't eye-popping, but if you watch on film the amount of pressure he's taken off the edge rushers and making lanes for, you know, Jay Higgins, who's second in the nation in tackles with 87. Nick Jackson, who I've said has gotten better week after week. Sebastian Castro, who I personally think was robbed of, Big Ten defensive player of the week with what he did. Just watch the, I mean, just use your eyes and watch him, right? Um, You know, so I don't think he's in the doghouse necessarily, but it's almost like every other position at this point, guys. Like, if you're healthy, you're probably going to play because at this point, it's easier to say who's healthy than who's not healthy. Um, I know this is going to sound like a criticism of Minnesota's offense, and it's going to sound weird coming from somebody who covers Iowa <laughs> when it comes to offense. But Minnesota's not very good either no. on offense. This thing's got underwritten. What does Minnesota do well? They don't run the football. The kid that uh, the freshman that was in there, can't think of his name, got hurt against, uh, um, I believe, is Northwestern. But what do they do Darius well? Taylor. That's the one. Yep, thank you. Um, what do they do well? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think they have a strong, I think they have a decent offensive line. Uh, you know, Chris Altman Bell, their seventh year wide receiver, who's Jordan Bohannon, I think, plus. I would, you know, maybe Chris Altman Bell is like the Animal House guy who's been in college for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. He has a doctorate degree. I know he's been hurt. Maybe he's, you know, his sass is up in the air, I believe, against Iowa 
as well. But, you know, adding Kelly McManus, I've always thought had some tools to be pretty decent. I agree. But he hasn't not really panned out this year. And when he's gone up against good competition, he just throws up some ducks. And, you know, I'm not going to be surprised. And, you know, you mentioned about criticizing the offense. Man, Ken, I'm not gonna lie. I will. I won't be surprised if if Cooper DeGene scores in this game on to. a pick six, and yeah. it might be the only touchdown in the game. I think. Thinking back to this Wisconsin game, I think Chad Leist go tweet of the Des Moines Register tweeted the stat out an hour ago. Iowa did not take a red zone snap last week Jesus. against Wisconsin. <laughs> that's and this that's is kind of the point where we're at. It's 32 and a half the over under right now. I'm not going to be shocked if it moves down to 31 and a half or mm. even 30 and a half. I think there's going to be a lot of late money on this uh, coming down the stretch. But they have a big offensive line. I still think they can run the football decent. And that, you know, Zach Evans, they have some decent players there. But with the way the Iowa defense is playing, I'm, I'm really not going to bet a poor offense against this defense. It's just impossible for me. And the fact that I believe Minnesota has not won in Iowa State since the turn of the century. 1999. It was a long time ago. It was my sophomore year. Kirk's first year. Last time they won in Kinnick Stadium. A long time ago. So, yesterday Kirk was, I don't know, dancing on the grave a little bit, I guess, of Alex Padilla. Um, I thought it was a bad look. Yeah, he struggles with that, doesn't he? He does. The continual throwing his quarterbacks under the his bus. His backup quarterback. Yes. And we see it happening now with Deacon Hill and the Joe Labus question. I don't think many people believe that Joe Labus is the answer, but Deacon Hill has had certainly issues. And for Kurt to say, oh, I don't even know what the stats are. Come on. You don't know his completion percentage is under 40%. Then you got some problems of your own right. What is it with Kirk and quarterbacks? You know, here, here's where I think. I think there's a fine line of balance. I know people want to talk about, you know, Kirk throwing his quarterbacks under the bus, you know, goes back to Deuce Hogan. I believe he said, you know, I may as well have stayed home. I wouldn't yep. have traveled if Deuce Hogan had played. <laughs> yeah. And I think there has to be a certain level of competitiveness that comes out of the quarterback room because as a quarterback, you have to be the leader. You have to be the guy. You can't shy away from the face of criticism. You have to take it on the chin. And in my opinion, if, you, if you're a quarterback, if you're a backup quarterback, and you can't take that as a challenge to up your game or continue to progress or prove your head coach wrong, personally, I don't think they're suited to handle the, the pressure of being a Division One and power conference starting quarterback position. I, I think you have to rise above the pressure and, you know, we saw Deuce Hogan when he left Iowa. You know, he was very loved by the fan base. It was a big reason a lot of those guys in that recruiting class came to Iowa. Certainly didn't hurt. But what's he doing at Kentucky right now? Fourth team. I mean, it's no it's Is no that right? It's right. He had to walk on at Kentucky. So, he did. So, I think if you're if you're capable of being a starting quarterback at a power conference, I hate to say it, you take it on the chin and you go prove the coach wrong. That competitive fire has to come out of you. Otherwise, it, it, the competitive fire does not come out from you. When a head coach says that, it's certainly not going to go. The competitive fire is not going to be set ablaze in front of seventy thousand people inside Kinnick Stadium during a night game. We need to win to win the Big Ten West or against a primetime team. That's just my opinion, though. How about this? How about you find somebody that knows what they're doing with quarterbacks? You don't have a former offensive lineman that has no background as your quarterback coach. You put together a staff. Your your quarterback guru. You bring in John Bidmeyer was fired after one year as an OC. He doesn't have a great resume. Bring in somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Carson May can't play at Wyoming. Alex Padilla is a backup at SMU. You go down the list, and they're recruiting the last five years. They took Spencer Petras over Zach Wilson. They took Spencer Petras over Trey Lance. How about you find somebody that actually knows what they're doing at quarterback because we're talking about more than a half decade now where they have swung and missed on every scholarship quarterback. 
Yeah, and I, I think that was one of my big criticisms, you know, and it, it's that past Brian Ferentz. Like, I'm not just solely blaming Brian Ferentz. I know he's been quick to be thrown into the bus here, and rightfully so to some degree. But Iowa's just not been able to find really effective quarterbacks or guys that develop. I mean, I think that's been a curse of Kurt Ferentz's tenure. I mean, you think back to some of the best seasons that players have had, right? They're one-year wonders or they regress. I mean, you think, well, it's Drew Tate's best year, right? Sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, you know, R- Ricky Stanzi. It wasn't his final year. Or nope. DJ Beth. Well, statistically, it was. Fourth year. They just didn't win as yeah, many games. He, the, yeah, I mean, the, the eye test, though, too. But, you, you know, you look back at CJ Beathard, right? What happened to him this last year? But the only guy I would say stay consistent for the most part is Nate, Nate Stanley. Stanley yep. but Nate But Nate Stanley never really progressed. You knew what you were getting out of him. Mm-hmm. He would show up in certain big games, he couldn't beat Wisconsin. He couldn't, you know, hit water if he fell out of a boat against Penn State. That was just, but again, I think everybody, every Iowa fan looks a lot more favorably upon Nate Stanley after what they've had to watch, you know, for the past four years. But I do think it's been one of the big criticisms in the Kirk Ferentz era. Like, it's not just a Brian thing. It's They have not been able to find a way to consistently develop quarterbacks. They get better and better. Oh, we shall see. David Eichel, what have you got coming up, David, uh, at uh, Hawkeye Insider? Anything you'd like to promote before we let you go? Uh, it's going to be just a busy time, guys. I mean, I'm going all in on women's basketball this year. Sean's taking men's basketball. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of recruiting stuff going on. And I am just so excited for the bye week. I might be trying to hit Circus Sportsbook <laughs> out in Las Vegas. Why wouldn't you? out of here for a little bit. Let's go hang out and relax. But, uh HawkeyeInsider.com, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, David. We'll talk to you after the bye. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, take care, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. David Eicholt on the Hawkeyes. Um, Minnesota is the the numbers down to three and a half. Is that what I saw? Yeah, pretty much across the board. I thought I saw at one spot today it moved down to pick them. But it was uh, an app that isn't used a whole lot, and I'm not sure if that was anything or maybe it's just an app that – Maybe there was a little fluke in the tweak in the system mm-hmm. that I was looking at. But yeah, the, let's see here. Three, three and a half. Uh, 31 and a half now across the board for the total. Jesus. Trent, Minnesota does nothing offensively. They can run it. The, the kid that's, that was running, it's hurt. But they also had a bye week last week. And he was a game-time decision for Michigan. Oh, he was a game-time? Yeah. I thought he was going to be out for a period of time. So do you think there's a chance he plays this week? I would think so because he's a threat no absolutely he's averaging what over six yards of carry uh, absolutely yeah and as is he a true freshman or redshirt freshman anyways he's he's new um he can run the football taylor can yeah this is a a little thing that i saw before the michigan game that just said uh darius taylor won't play saturday against michigan uh, leg issue suffered a week four against Northwestern. The mm-hmm. breakout freshman's absence extended, and just talks about some other things. Extra week to rest up, but uh, yeah, I heard some parts of PJ's old Phil Flex uh, press conference earlier in the week, but I guess I didn't even nab that. Need to do a little more investigation because no, he's now good. I do too because I just I just thought he was out and he he changes things. Yes. He changes things. Uh, Mitch Holtus will join us when we come back. Uh, about those Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers this week. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Can trust. Hi, Miller and Condon. 
Logan, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John's Central Iowa, the Donaldson family, makes this possible on a weekly basis. Mitch is back with us. It's the Chargers invading Arrowhead this weekend to take on the 5-1 and Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers, another uh, tough loss, close loss, didn't go their way yet again. And here they come to Arrowhead this week for the first of two meetings, at least two meetings this season. Hello, Mitch Holtz. Trent and Ken, how are you? Well, Ken, hello, and Trent, uh, hello to you as well. Doing okay. We uh, jump, stay right in, I guess, the uh, AFC West here. Indeed you do. Denver last week, Chargers, then uh, to Denver before you head across uh, to Germany for maybe uh, one of the better games of the year, Miami and the Chiefs. So let's uh, just real quick on the Chargers, you know, where they, uh, what, what this means, um, you know, in, in the AFC West. Obviously, they're the two best teams this year, but does this come close to Chiefs Broncos or Chiefs Raiders? We know what that was like for so many years. Where does Chargers Chiefs land? Well, moving from San Diego to L.A. took a little luster off of it just because they left their fans in San Diego. Maybe you've got a ton of Charger fans that call into the show every day, but it's not like you have this fan base that's been generational. Uh, and I know the Chargers started in the very couple of, first couple of years of the AFL in, in Los Angeles, but when it was San Diego, you had fans that loved the Chargers and thought about them 365 days a year. I'm not sure how much that exists in L.A. Now, on the field in recent years, the Chargers have been everything the Chiefs want and more. Uh, when you look at how tight these games have been, Andy Reid has had four overtime games against the Chargers in his uh, 10 previous years prior to this one. And the Chargers have won at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium three times. Uh, they won it in 2018 in a walk-off two-point conversion. 2020, the Chiefs played the JVs. That's a little bit of a mm-hmm. uh, misnomer. And then 21 was an ambush. So, yeah, I mean, the Chargers have held up their end of being competitive here. But the Chiefs are 38-5 and against the division <laughs> um, in the last since 2016, and three of those five losses have been to the Chargers. Mini bye week that after the Thursday win against Ken's Broncos is what Kansas City got this week. What did that mean for Kansas City in terms of both health and preparation going into a big divisional matchup? Very, very important and a great question, Trent. It was more, yeah, it was physically. I, I, there was, I would have lost a bet to you guys uh, that even after I got off the air with you a week ago that I didn't think Tommy Townsend would play. I didn't mm-hmm. think Chelsea was play. I didn't think Karloftis would play. So you get the physical healing, but then you had the mental and emotional backup and just get away from it. And the coaches, even some extent, for about 48 hours. I, I think it's the mini bye week is more than just some kind of cliche. I think it's very real. Uh, Amenehue, does he play this week? Yep, he will. And that's just, and I don't know how many snaps, mm-hmm. but he's physically ready to go. And the fact that he had all of training camp and three preseason games before his suspension started, he now works into the rotation. What's happening with this defense, and I think I've alluded to you guys, even with our training camp reports, is the Chiefs right now are a little bit of a cutting edge in the fact that they have these guys that can play up front, inside and outside. In the middle now, you've got linebackers that are playing all three spots, and now you're playing Tranquil and Bolton together some in a rotation. And then the DBs, you've got safeties that look like corners and corners that look like safeties. So not only are you throwing out scheme challenges to opposing quarterbacks, 
you're giving them a challenge almost every down of where is this guy going to be? And wait a minute, it's at all three levels. And Amenahu just accentuates that. We talked earlier about this, and I want to get your perspective on it, Mitch. It's Kansas City winning differently, and because of that, maybe they don't feel as good. They're still 5-1, and one, but because they're built differently, because they're winning differently, is there kind of an unfair, I don't know, maybe mountaintop that they're trying to climb just because of how much fun they were to watch in the past? I think there's two answers here. One, that you have to adjust your team based on the salary cap and Patrick Mahomes' second contract. We saw the Patriots do that. In the Patriots' run with Tom Brady, they they won a thousand different ways. They had Randy Moss, and let's light up the scoreboard. And then they go, oh, wait a minute, we'll go there with the Hernandez-Gronk uh, days. And, oh, then we'll have a defensive juggernaut. I mean, they had all different ways of doing it. Second thing is, when you have the mini bye week that you guys alluded to, you back up and look at the rest of the universe, and you're going, well, wait a minute. That 19-8 to game against the Broncos is every game, or almost every game. Um, we just did, Matt McMull and I, our senior team reporter, we just, well, I think we're going to put it up today and post a Defending the Kingdom podcast, which is, what's going on out there? Which is the old Vince Lombardi, you know, what the heck is going on out there? <laughs> right. Well, look at these scores, guys. Just go through the scores of 1917, mm-hmm. 14 to 9, 17 to 13. I mean, you're seeing a defense right now kind of command the day. So it's not just the Chiefs. Other than the Dolphins right now, nobody is just zooming up and lighting up the scoreboard because some of these defenses are getting uh, very creative. And so it's worth a listen to the podcast when you get off work or when people are driving around today to just kind of absorb it because we have Trent McDuffie on talking about it as well. These defenses are doing some interesting things to try to calm down these offenses. Well, uh, in our final minute here, Mitch, let's save it for the good folks at Papa John's. I know the Chacaroni is back, at least for the the time being. Won't be there forever, but what's going on? Well, we'll start with the Chacaroni. The second thing is Thursday night uh, football with the Broncos and Chiefs was just like a huge night uh, for PapaJohns.com. And with college football and High schools are ramping up now, getting ready for the playoffs. It's, it can be every night. Uh, but And we know with Tom and Matt and all their managers throughout the state of Iowa, what they do, it's more than just buying pizza. But check them out and, and um, get, get hooked up with PapaJohns.com. They're phenomenal and great for Central Iowa. Talk to you next week, Mitch Holtis. Thanks for coming on. As hey, always, take care. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. We will start our number two with baseball. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. We'll head to Chicago, catch up with the Capman Trends plays of the day. Another keyword still to come. It's Miller and Condon. Hour two is next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.